Welcome to the Melanin Wellness Traveler Podcast, your ultimate guide to wellness and wanderlust, where we embark on a captivating journey to explore the world through vibrant lens of culture, adventure, and self-discovery. Join me as we celebrate diversity, promote well-being, and share inspiring stories from travelers with diverse backgrounds. Get ready to ignite your wanderlust and embrace the beauty of travel while fostering a deeper connection with your mind, body, and soul. Let's empower each other together to thrive in our explorations and create unforgettable memories. I'm your host, Karina Dunn, and this is the podcast for travelers and wellness seekers who want to know how to go on unforgettable experiences that nourish your mind, body, and soul. Today, I'll be joined by Ashley Harding, and we will be exploring adventure travel and how to conquer our fears so that we can embrace new experiences. We'll embark on an expedition to explore the transformative power of adventure travel, all while learning how to plan, prepare, and overcome our travel fears. You're going to be amazed by Ashley's story. I'm at Flexible Soul Wellness on Facebook and Pinterest if you want to connect. And don't forget to click that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcast so that you don't miss an episode of the show. We have an amazing lineup for you. Now, let's transition into today's show. Welcome back, family, to the Melanin Wellness Traveler podcast, where adventure and healing converge on a journey of a lifetime. Y'all, y'all know that previously to this, I was doing the Melanin Wellness podcast, and I absolutely loved it. But when I became a travel agent as well, and I began to see the benefits of travel that it can add, the wellness benefits, and some of my own personal experiences, I knew that I had to marry my two loves. And so I am so excited to be here today. Um, We're going to be talking about adventure travel, conquering fears and embracing new experiences, because fear can be a huge factor in whether or not people choose to travel, right? Because we can be scared of the unknown. But before my guest and I get into this episode, ain't nothing changed around here. We start every single episode with 30 seconds of gratitude. So I'm going to let my guest go first. Ashley, bless us with your gratitude. Uh, I just want to say, God, I am more than thankful for the opportunity to be here. And when I say be here, I mean just on the podcast, but in this space with you, God, I thank you for Karina. I thank you for this opportunity for Black women to travel. My therapist told me the other day, two generations ago, we couldn't do this. Two generations ago, we could not pick up and find ourselves anywhere in the world on our own timeline safely and for our joy. And so God, thank you that you allow me to be in this generation at this time on this day. Amen. Listen, that's a hard gratitude to follow up, y'all. I'm going to just tell y'all right now, but I am going to give gratitude for the ability to travel. Again, two generations ago, we were not allowed to do this. I give gratitude for the courage to travel, be it solo or with a group, because again, as I stated, fear is one of the biggest factors that keeps us as a people from traveling and exploring the unknown. And I also thank God for my wellness. Listen, 
there was a time where I was not always in a space of wellness and health that I'm in today. And I am so grateful for the knowledge, the whole healthy foods, and the practices that I have been able to put into place that keeps me the healthiest that I have ever been at 47. All right, (laughs) y'all. Let's get into today's topic. We're talking all about adventure travel, conquering fears, and embracing new experiences. And my guest, Ashley, today, she is a third-generation educator. She is the founder of North Star Academics, which was founded to help improve the quality of education for both students and families of color. Ashley, welcome to the show. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It it really is. And to just speak with you, it really is. Thank you. Thank you. So tell the audience who you are and what it is that you do. Awesome. Uh, So my name is Ashley. I am an educator and I've been educated by educators. And I tell everybody that if you meet someone in education and they don't put the student first and they don't tell you about their students, then I really question that education lens that they work from. So when I say I was educated by educators, my grandmothers did summer school from their kitchen table with us. My people have been in education and seen it as a pathway to freedom um, since my great grandparents. And so that is the space and the lens in which I see the world through. I'm from L.A., so shout out to the West Coast, the best coast. Um, (laughs) But I spent about a decade back east and I got my chops in charter schools in Boston, in DC, and in a little bit of New York. And I love the fact that I've had the experience of working with people, working with families, working with students who love being Black, who love the sense of excellence that our communities hold. And when I say I have had families who will do anything for their children, I always tell people it's not always, it's not always economics, it's access. Mm. And that's what we deserve as a people. So that's the lens in which and the work in which I get to do is creating access and advocacy for students and families. Personally, I am a vegan. I love to work out. I travel. Um, I have a commitment and I have since college to take at least one international trip by myself every year. Uh, So I love, Karina, what you were talking about around fear. When I tell people that their eyes get big and they say, I can't believe you do that. And um, I encourage everybody, but particularly women, learn to love the space that you hold within yourself. And I find that traveling affords that opportunity for you to be with you in a way that you wouldn't know yourself otherwise. Mm, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love what it is that you do, because I think that especially in today's age, where there is so much controversy about education and what should and shouldn't be being taught to our youth. I think it's so important to have those of us who have a passion for educating the youth and being a a, a beacon of light. Um, Because I just recently saw a post on social media that in the Houston public schools, they are removing all libraries and firing the librarians and turning the library spaces into Zoom rooms Mm -hmm. or basically detention centers. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on something like that? Because for me, that is so scary 
because children find themselves in books. Libraries are safe havens for so many children, a school library. And so you are taking that away. So many brilliant minds have been born in a school library. So like what, from an educator standpoint, like how does that make you feel? Um, I'm furious and it's a fury that wants to use it wants to be used as passion but the reality is and I say this to parents all the time don't be confused that everybody in your schoolhouse has the same aspiration the same background and the same quality of education that you want for your child all of us have gone through school that's the only equalizer if you look at this country the only thing all of us can say we've done is gone to school that's the only space but when we think about it not everybody's had a great experience so your school principal your legislator your governor may have decided that they don't like school. And I say this really locally. So when you look at the librarian, when you look at your principal, your school, your teachers in the classroom, what's their experience? What value do they have? Are they well-read? Do they see the value in children finding themselves in quiet sanctuaries called a library, called, and I went to Catholic school, called the prayer room? called a teacher's office after school where you get that mentorship. But particularly when it comes to reading, and when I think about the books that we're now not authorizing in our schools, shout out to Florida for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ain't in a good way, y'all. And it's not in a good way. You should have seen the eye roll. <laughs> um, what I wonder is whose story don't we want told any longer? Mm. And who do no longer want to find themselves as advocates for their own voice and their story. Because when you tell me that critical race theory, when you tell me that we're no longer going to teach children about resiliency, and that's the word we use a lot in schools, right? Kids are strong. Kids have resiliency. Resiliency to me is just another word of saying you're able to persist when we don't give you what you deserve. Yes. And so when we read our historical narratives of resiliency over generations and we draw strength from that to say, I won't continue that fabric of inequity, that's what I see when you take a library away. I see that you have silenced our ancestors and not just ours, but the ancestors. And you've silenced our kids from being critical thinkers and learners. Because when we stop kids from reading and exploring the myriad of lives that have been in, that have existed, we no longer ask them to think for themselves. We are now asking them to be robotic and easily, um, and I say this word with sensitivity, manipulated. Yes. Because we no longer see an individual, we now see a metric. Correct. 100% correct. That is my absolute theory. I feel that the powers that be, Mm-hmm. are attempting to dumb down our future generations because the, these generations, this generation right here, the one with the 18 and the 25, like I have kids in that generation and they are smart. They are yes. able to think for themselves and they are the generation that says, um, we are not having this foolery. That's not right. That's wrong. We're not just about to sit here and take this. And they don't like that. They are too able to think and they're attempting to dumb down the population to keep themselves in positions of power. But y'all, this ain't about politics. All right. Because so- <laughs> 
and, and, and I, I brought that up because you're an educator and I can remember so many times as a young girl getting lost in books about foreign lands and places yeah. that I had never, ever seen. And it gave me the courage to dream of going to some of these places, visiting these lands and seeing some of these things with my own two eyes. And so I think that that's the power of education, you know, especially when it comes to you know, travel, because it does give kids something to dream about, something to look forward to. Because again, not all children have the same home life. And maybe that's their escape. They're taking mental vacations. That's right. That's so right. can you share a memorable adventure that you have had, a memorable adventure travel experience that truly pushed your boundaries and left a lasting impression upon you? Mm. I've had many, um, but I would say probably the one that's standing out the most right now is last year for my birthday, I took myself to London and Paris and oh, wow. I'm a Capricorn. So December 23rd, and I never spend Christmas away from my family because that's just not what I did. But I said, you know what? It's been COVID two years of sitting in the house. I am going and I am not apologizing and y'all going to have to just FaceTime me from dinner and I'm vegan. So I wasn't going to eat what y'all eat anyway. <laughs> like, it was going to be a real dry holiday for me anyway. Um, but what it did is I planned this travel for me. I stayed where I wanted to stay. I did what I wanted to do. I remember people asking even when I was in London, I went to go see the Tina Turner play and I got two seats because I just didn't feel like sitting next to anybody else. I just wanted to enjoy my whole experience and the people around me. You came from the States and you did this. And I and I also know that they wanted to ask a, a whole myriad of other questions. But I remember other women, particularly women a little older than me, marveling at the bravery of it. Mm. And I thought to myself, wow, is this brave saying I'm going to choose joy? Is this brave saying I'm going to allocate resources from one thing to something else so that I can see a part of the world? And then throughout my journey, friends calling me all through my birthday, send pictures, show us where you are. And it became a tribal experience. And mm -hmm. I loved waking up on my birthday and looking in the mirror and saying, there's so many things because we're human, right? It, my birthday are those milestones of like, where are you in the world? How is life shaping up? And I woke up and I said, you're happy. Mm. That, was, that was the barometer. You yes. are in your favorite city in the world. You are going to spend the day with yourself. You are going to do the things you love and you wouldn't have it any other way. And that for me was the adventure because it took all those years to get to a place where I could wake up and say, not only are you happy, but you're happy on your own terms. And so everything I did on that trip to Paris was for me. And we spoke earlier about if it don't work for me, it don't work. Exactly. exactly. And I've been traveling solo since I was 21. When I graduated college, my grandparents gifted me with a month to Europe. And I did two weeks with my family, a week with my best friend, and then a week and a half in Germany and Prague. Um, like solo, but like with a group of other people in their yeah. 20s. But that was my first time ever being abroad without family or friends. And I was committed then. And I saw parts of the world. I fell in love with Germany. I came home and all my cousins were like, Germany, how?
<laughs> I do you like Germany? Because I did. Because there's a whole world and a life you can live anywhere. Oh, wow. You know what? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Your story is inspirational to me. So I can only imagine how inspirational that is going to be to my audience listening, as well as to your family, because you basically changed a generational pattern. When you said, you know what? Yes, the holidays, but this is about me. This is about the ultimate act of self-love. And that was putting yourself, your needs, your mental health first. And you went and you got that experience. And, and it's often times that people forget that that's what a vacation is supposed to be like. Your travel experiences are an act of self-love. It's, it's saying to you, I love you. You deserve to have this in this particular space. You deserve to have this peace of mind, this ease of spirit. And I just absolutely love that. And I wish that I would have done things like that when I was in my 20s. I, I mean, I think people probably think that I ha am having a midlife crisis right now because, <laughs> listen, I'm like, where am I going? When am I going there? How long am I going to be gone? And I have really learned to start to, to take that act of self-love for myself. So share with us how you plan and prepare for adventures journeys in unfamiliar or challenging terrains? Mm, that's an excellent question because I'm doing that now. I have a trip to Cartagena coming up and I've never been. Um, I have no idea what to expect. And in this space in my life, and I, I truly thank God for just where I am, I want to prepare by praying. I want to prepare by being grounded. I want to prepare by being thoughtful of what I need. And I think so often, at least for me, I go away and it's like, see this, do that. I come back more tired than I do having left because I'm fulfilling all the checklists of what I have to see, do, and say I adventured into versus actually asking myself, what is it that you need when you go there? And about a decade ago, my mom and I went to Paris on like a mother-daughter trip and the woman who ran, it's a um, Black tour of Paris. And she said, any country you go to, say your full name because your ancestors will find you there. Wow. And so that is something I still do now. I will take a photo of my grandparents or my great grandparents. I'll say my name as soon as I get off of the plane. And when I tell you blessings, I fell in love in South Africa. I, um, when I say fell in love, like day two, and we were together for quite some time, I'm like I have had miraculous things just open up and that has always stayed with me. And I tell, especially our, your listeners of color and people who have history all over the world, our ancestors are waiting to show us what they have laid out for us there. And that's the adventure your great great grandmother may have travelled in traverse places we've never heard of. She's got something there for you, and I believe that wholeheartedly. So that's really like, as I think about this upcoming trip, I want to greet the things that have been waiting for me. That 
is an amazing practice. I'm going to have to do that because I never did that on any of my travels. And so I'm going to start doing that because that is absolutely amazing. I, I had posted on social media a couple months ago that, you know, for some of us, the reason why things is so hard is because we are the ones that our ancestors have been waiting for. It's mm-hmm. on us to break some of these generational traumas and to show the next generations that things can be different and they will be different. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely love that practice. So what do you hope to get from your upcoming trip in Cartagena? Mm. Divinity. Mm -hmm. And I mean that both feminine divinity as well as connecting with myself and connecting with God. Um, And I know that's possible anywhere, but there is an uh, urgency in my spirit to be with people and in spaces that are unencumbered with Western colonialization. Um, And and we know, guys, it's hard to find those spaces. And and when you find brown people, you will see uh, the colonial influence but there is a reckoning right now. And I think all of us have that of going back to what has sustained us for so long, because what we see right now isn't, it's not real and it's not healthy. Yeah. And so I, um, it's peace, it's joy, and it's coming back with clarity of who I am and what I'm doing in service to myself, to others, to God in my community. Mm, I absolutely love that. You have such a purpose and such a mission that you are, are, are on. And I want to go back a little bit to when you said, you know, oftentimes when we're taking trips that we have this never ending checklist of places to see and things to do. And, I oftentimes find that that's more for other folks than it is for us. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Let's just let yep. me go to keep it real. Yeah. So one of the things that I've done in order to combat that, because I remember the first time that my family and I took a cruise. When I tell you we came back and we were more exhausted, we needed two weeks to recover from that cruise because we were literally trying to do everything. So what I did from that point forward is I literally created an itinerary for us every trip that we've taken and we have a day on and a day off, then a day on, then a day off. We will not be more exhausted when we leave than we were when we got here. Like Mm -hmm. that's not relaxing. And it actually increases those stress hormones because you're like, I got to get somewhere. You technically, you don't. This Mm -hmm. is vacation. And I think a lot of times that gets lost on us as travelers. And I so hope that everyone hears this message. You ain't got to do everything. You can go back. Okay. This is supposed to be focusing on wellness, your mental, your physical, your emotional physical wellness. So how are you up leveling that when you are literally running yourself into the ground on a vacation? Amen. I'm just saying y'all. <laughs> Amen. Amen. One, one of the practices I do to get grounded um, is I walk barefoot and 
I, I've heard like flight attendants say when they travel so much, they they walk barefoot to get close to the energy of this space. Yeah. Um, but it's being barefoot. And the other thing is I will walk a whole city. Like when I go anywhere that I've been before, I'm hopping on the metro. I am walking. I am taking it in because I've like you, I've seen every museum I ever want to see. And I promise you, I don't go back and look at the pictures. Right. I do it so I can say, oh, yeah, I went there. Did you like it? Sure. If I, if I was supposed to like it, yeah, of course I did. Exactly. But there's nothing like being in awe of a new space because I think that's a part of you that's awakening to yourself. Yes. Yes. Walking barefoot is a grounding practice. And that is mm-hmm. a grounding practice that we use very often um, in yoga and in balancing our emotional chakras, which we talked about on a previous episode, um, that the chakras are responsible for different parts of our body or internal organs. And so when you feel mm-hmm. ungrounded, getting close to that feeling of Mother Earth, allowing your feet to touch the soil, the grass, and really take it in, it does. It is an excellent grounding practice. I do that in my backyard sometimes when I'm just ungrounded. You know, you don't have to be anywhere different. You don't have to be anywhere exotic in order to practice grounding yourself. Get that energy back into the body. That It's, it's a renewing energy. And I think that we all can really experience and benefit from. So what are some valuable life lessons that you've learned through your eventual travel experiences? Mm -hmm. The one that popped up immediately is don't be scared to find a new version of yourself, to find a new joy. Um, And I mentioned it earlier in going to Germany. I am from L.A. I'm about as L.A. as it gets. I... (laughs) And for those of you not from here, just take it for what you think it means. For those of us from LA listening, we know we know who we are. We know who we are as a people. Um, but I fell in love with the city, and I fell in love with the idea that I could be anywhere. And I think that led to me moving to New York or moving to Boston or DC, um, Because what it taught me is you take you anywhere, but you can survive. You can create a life. You can become various versions of yourself. And even when I fly, particularly when I'm going somewhere new, I get excited at the idea that you have no idea the world that you're about to walk into, nor the person that you get to be, the strength that lives inside of you, the joys that you've never untapped. And so that's a huge lesson, but I think there's a big fear also in finding out the world in which we've known doesn't have to be the only world in which exists. The second is enjoy yourself for the sheer, for the sheer joy of it. And I think that goes back to the lists and the postcards and the keeping everybody abreast of things on the Facebook and Instagram I promise you, the world does not need to know your every move. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Make it sacred for you. Make it the trip you want. If you don't leave the hotel, but you slept and you ate and you got in the pool and you did the things that you enjoyed and you never saw the Eiffel Tower, that is the trip you deserved in that location. And so often we take all of our responsibilities from home somewhere else, hoping that they will dissipate. When in reality, we've just continued and and promoted the idea that we don't deserve to say no. Yes, 
Yes, you know, y'all, we were talking before the show began. <laughs> okay, we spent probably about 30 minutes before the show began. And y'all, this ain't that ain't customary. For those who've been on my show, y'all know that's not customary. We don't typically spend that much time. But we talked so much about, you know, recognizing and understanding what you deserve and allowing yourself permission to just love on you. And so I love that you brought up the point that, you know, if all you did was went and sleep and ate good, delicious, healthy cuisine, gourmet food from another land, apparently that's what your body needed. And so just take that and 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 welcome it in, embrace it, be in that moment. Travel is largely, especially wellness travel, is largely about embracing what's good for our bodies, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And so when you are looking to find a wellness travel experience or an adventure experience, it's important to understand that this is, even if you're traveling with family, this is for you. Yeah, This is for you. And so if your family decides they want to run up and down the streets of Paris all day, let them. Listen, I can't do it. That's not serving me. I'll be right here at the hotel. I'll see you guys when you get back (laughs) because the way I'm set up right now, that's not what I came here for. And so it's important to understand why you're going and to really lean into that so that you're giving yourself what it is that you need. Now, I spoke earlier about fear Mm -hmm. being one of the biggest obstacles for our people as to why we don't travel. So what was your biggest travel fear And how did you overcome that fear? Mm. So when I was in grad school, I had the opportunity to go to South Africa for a semester abroad. I planned it. My advisors told me not to go. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep it a hundred. I was the only person in my program that looked like me. I had one professor that looked like me. So all of my professors saw no value in me going to South Africa except for the one that looked like me who said, let me write your letter of recommendation. I had a instant moment of fear that by doing what I knew my spirit needed and what I was calling in for my life was somehow going to offset a ripple effect at at school. And, And as an educator, I hold school in high esteem I remember I went and prayed with people. I went and talked to friends. I did all the things. And the general fear came down to, you know, you're going somewhere that's going to change your life. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was not, I didn't want to come back the same. I intentionally said, I am going somewhere where I will be with me and mine And I'm going to reconcile a lot of things that I think as a Black American, we have to do on our continent. And Mm. part of it is finding out who we are in relationship to white American gays. Mm. I, from the moment I got there, have I had the most amazing experience. And it was fear of what people had told me I needed to be and needed to get out of the experience. And their milestones. And again, we're going to put this in an academic context. And when I got to the country, I realized none of this has to do with what I'm studying. This is for me. 
I wasn't doing research. I was doing me search. I was finding out who I am, what I was meant to create in this world. And my business practice actually came out of a lot of the work and the research that I did do. But it came from, I did a homestay where I stayed with the family in South Africa for a couple of days, just being with them. We went to post-apartheid schools. We studied mm-hmm. what it's like to have a whole generation wiped out of a country which is very similar to what we saw in the 80s and 90s here in the U.S. and what the, the crack and AIDS epidemic did to our country and our community. Yeah. I knew that I was going somewhere to get something. I had no idea what I was getting was my future self. Wow. And I think there was a great fear that taking a leap would somehow push me in another direction. And I had no idea that other direction was the direction. And so Mm. I think a lot of us, be it travel, career, whatever your choice is, but if it is travel, you won't come back the same and that's what's intended to do. You will come back the fuller version of yourself. And so I always tell people when you're scared of making that big purchase or traveling somewhere or doing something, do it because you is calling you. You are calling yourself forward. Mm, That is so deep. That is so deep because I'm going to tell you something, you know, again, y'all, we talked so much before the show started (laughs) and I, you know, I have shared with you guys over and over again. And I shared with Ashley today about how losing my grandmother last fall changed me completely. And I was the type of person that operated out of fear, always being afraid of going places and doing things that I was not familiar with. It made me very, very uncomfortable. And I think that even when it comes to leaving our direct like little areas or little neighborhoods often will scare us. People get afraid. And I mean, I've lived, listen, y'all, I was a teenager. I was a rebellious teenager. I moved to New York at 17 years old. Like, bye. Okay. <laughs> like, I've lived, yes, I've lived in big cities, didn't know a soul, and was just like, it was like I belonged there, right? But there was still a level of fear that I felt. And I think that when we think of finding ourselves, I think that. It scares us because we have to let go of the previous version that others told us we were. And in some ways we feel that it's wrong to say, okay, well, maybe the way that I was raised it when it comes to this particular thing wasn't necessarily the right thing. And it feels almost like you are dishonoring in some way those that you love. Would you kind of agree with that when you're trying to find who you are? Absolutely. My family travels. Um, I've had a passport since I was two. My grandparents, um, God bless them, believed in traveling and seeing the world. They're from the South. They Mm. came like so many other Black families from the South to California. And you want to talk about a fearful migration? Route 66 for Black people in the 50s, 60s? Absolutely. And they would always instill in us travel. I mean, it was something that my family, regardless of what my parents may have gone through or needed for themselves, they always made sure we saw the world. But there's a difference when you do it for yourself. There's Mm -hmm. a difference when you take your own perspectives and judgments and concerns and you lay it at the feet of a new place. And you call out into the wind and, and share 
And I say this from a space of ego. You share how grand you are into mm. a valley. You share how grand you are to the cliffs in South Africa. And you will recognize not only is this God's world, but your place in it is significant. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to take up space for no reason. Yeah. You have to contribute to this thing. This is an ecosystem. Um, I think that I struggled post-COVID with the world just opening up and we acted like pollution wasn't a thing before. We acted like we don't live collaboratively, that we don't have to know each other. Um, we're not going to talk about how many race racial issues have happened post-2020 as oh. if we not all lived in this country together traveling for yourself and being brave enough to encounter you, like you said, being 17 in a whole different state, but knowing you belong, don't know anybody, don't haven't been here before, but I know I belong. That's a different sense of self, locus of control, bravery, honoring of yourself than you would someplace comfortable. And I love the idea that we really will never be uncomfortable when we feel grounded and rooted. Mm. It's your yes. grandmother's kitchen. It's not just your mom's backyard. We can yeah. create safe spaces within ourselves. Yeah. That's real honor, especially as a Black woman, to say, this body is my safe space. And yeah. wherever I go, I am safe to be. That's a privilege. And one that we talked about earlier, we did not always have. Agreed. Agreed. And I guess that's one of the reasons why, you know, when I open up my travel agency and I have that that love of wellness and fitness that I wanted to marry the two together because I want for our people to start to understand that there's so much more to life and to this world than your immediate neighborhood, your immediate, you know, maybe you go a state over to visit some family, but there's so much more to, to be learned and to, to just, again, it pours into you. The places you go to actually pour into you. My family and I just came back about a month ago from, um, San Francisco. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, that time changed though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, the melatonin stays in my in my purse when I travel. Like you gonna get a good night's rest. You gonna that figure struggle. it out. That struggle. Oh, it was real. Okay. Yep. But it poured into us. And I remember being <sighs> all right. Let me just share this with you guys. So when my grandmother passed in November, my son, my youngest son and my husband, they were a part of a football organization and they had made it to the national championship level. And that they were going to Florida because they were going to play in a national championship. My grandmother passed the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Her services were on December the 2nd. I was on a plane the very next day with my family going to Florida. And not only was that time period a blur and I was in that space of 
I'm okay. Everything's okay. I'm not going to let nobody see me. I've cried already. Um, we got this trip to go to. I got to make sure everybody is packed because there are six of us in my house. So all six of us went. I had to make sure everybody was packed. Nobody forgot anything. The tickets were, the the flights were the book. The car rental was booked. The um, vacation home was booked. I had to make sure that we had everything on point. I had to make sure I knew where the Walmart was so we could go to the grocery store. And, and this is exactly the way I was operating. Needless to say, I was not processing anything. And so I recorded a lot of video and took a lot of pictures during that time because I knew I would not remember it. So anything that I did not take a picture of or record with video, I don't remember. So I'm I'm, I'm saying this for those who... um, Don't think that it's that important to take pictures or videos. Take pictures and videos as often as you can, because if you don't, you may not remember it, especially during that initial part of grief. It is so heavy that it's difficult to move past. Fast forward to June when my family and I got ready to get on the airplane. And I remember the days leading up to it, I felt such a sense of dread and anxiety that I had not felt since I lost my grandmother and I couldn't figure it out. And I was just so irritable and I didn't want to go, but that was a whole lot of money we was going to lose on them flights that I could not get back. But I was almost ready to gamble that because I did not want to get on that plane. I didn't understand it until I sat down and I began to really journal and started to say things out loud as to what is causing this fear, what's causing this anxiety. And I realized it's because the same feeling, the same physiological response my body was having, it's the same feeling that I had when I had to get on that plane to go to Florida and didn't really feel like I had time to grieve. So it was the exact same physiological feeling, the same emotions. I was feeling them all over again because I was doing what? About to get on the plane again. So there was a connection. And so I shared that story because like, I want people to understand that if there is a fear that you have about traveling, there is a connection somewhere. You just might not know where it's at. Sit down, journal that thing out, say what your fear is out loud. As, as Ashley shared with me before, she was saying, you know, that she has a feeling circle that she <laughs> says what the feeling is. We're not going to dis- describe it. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to say exactly what that feeling is. And that's why I shared that story. And I shared that story because I wanted to ask you as a black woman traveling solo, because you have shared many of your stories have been solo travel adventures. How much fear do you have or have you had about traveling as a black woman solo? And what have been those fears? Mm, it's so funny you say that. Um, I almost cancel every flight before I go. <laughs> and I don't know where that stems from. And I love that you said journal about it. Um, I think there's a, a, a ton of control. And I'm like you. I like to see my Apple wallet with the tickets and I'm checking the, I'm checking the gate like 10 seconds before we pull up. I'm not even going to wait till we get inside. I need to know everything. And, um, 
I remember, actually, if I go back to it, I remember I was traveling to a friend's birthday in New Orleans and I forgot my credit card. Mm. I had $10 to my name. Wow. I'm on, I'm at the airport at layover and I'm going nuts. Like, oh my God, how does one leave? I was in grad school. You leave home and you didn't even check to make sure you had all the right things in your wallet. And I remember saying to myself, this is why you hate traveling alone because it's all on you. Now, that's Mm -hmm. not a fact. In fact, I love it because I enjoy being able to eat where I want to eat. When I travel with partners or friends, you have a lot of consensus. I am not a consensus person when it's when I <laughs> like this is not our trip. This is my trip. You just with me. <laughs> I want a hamburger. I wanted a, I, back when I ate meat. I wanted chicken. So now we've got to decide where we're gonna go. Um, and I think that comes up at times, and it stems from a lot of professionally. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, most of my girlfriends who will do solo travel as well, we work for ourselves. We hold the world in our hands. Mm. And so everything is weighted. Everything is up to us. And in those moments, right before I travel, that's what will come up for me is, gosh, if something happens, it's all on me. Now, I can tell you, I have had impeccable experiences. I have I really know angels are covering me because I've been all over the world and never once had an issue. In fact, it's always been glorious and miraculous, but it's that weight and I have to parallel it. And I thank you so much, Karina, because I never saw that connection. It's separating who I see myself as being in control, making sure everything's done, being on top of it, having an answer for every question, needing to be the the person, the gatekeeper of all the gates. Mm-hmm. And then recognizing you are going to go somewhere where you may not even speak the language, sweetheart. So the gatekeeping you think you're going to do, take that back to <laughs> like, because you don't even speak. You don't speak the language. You don't you don't drive on the same side of the street. All yeah. of the unknowns. And and I hope anybody who's listening, if you want adventure, take yourself out of the driver's seat. Mm. Even if you just go. A hundred miles in any direction, take yourself out of the driver's seat and and you will be confronted with those parts of yourself that need to change, that are calling you to change and getting on that flight. When I tell you I have tried, I have canceled trips, I'll get somewhere and be like, can I get home earlier? What are you doing? You just need to control (laughs) You're having a great time. You just have to have something that you are holding on to um, in a world that's not asking you to hold it. That's asking you to experience it. You know what? I started laughing so hard when you said that, like, can I get home early? Because like, that was totally my thought process when I was in San Francisco. I was like, listen, I need to go back to the East Coast because um, I'm not feeling this. I can't get no sleep. Like, this is annoying. That's annoying. And when I stopped and I was like, girl, first of all, First of all, I'm going to just tell you this. There was no way that I was that was going to happen anyway because there were storms on the East Coast that yep. had canceled like four or 5,000 flights that week. And so wasn't no moving your flight. You had to stay where you at and, and hope that the flight you were supposed to catch happened on time, okay? So mm, there's that. Then I also was like, okay, wait a minute now. 
let's be in the moment. Right. And we talked about this a little earlier in the show that oftentimes in our day-to-day lives, we are so go, 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 go. Like, I got to do this. I got to like, we're already trying to think 10, 12, 15, 20 steps ahead of where we are right now that we forget to be in the moment of things. And when you are traveling, when you're experiencing foreign lands, you're experiencing these, these culinary delights, because I experienced some delights in San Francisco. I'm like, can they ship me some of that food? Okay. Oh my God. Chinese food, the best of everything. Chinatown was everything. I did not want to leave. Well, my feet were saying, girl, we got to go. (laughs) We honoring body. Okay, well, we're tired. So let's go. Chinatown was everything. We had the freshest seafood I had ever had in my entire life. And I've been to plenty of places that have amazing seafood, but I've never tasted seafood quite like that. Like I hate catfish by, by nature. I just can't stand it. It tastes fishy to me. Them mm-hmm. y'all don't, don't even ask what that means. It's fish, <laughs> <laughs> but it has a fishy taste, but this catfish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did, to that, but it was magical. It was absolutely amazing. We had the, the best cuisines and I, I decided to take it in. Stop focusing on what do you have to do when you get home or how bad you want to go back home or even the three hour time difference and the jet lag that had us tore up from the floor up. Y'all, my whole family, we was busted. Okay, but we started taking in like we would go outside, we would park and we would walk and breathe in the air and look up at everything and take every little piece. in. And I think that we often get so lost in what we even expect something to be like. Yeah. Like take your expectation away from what you expected because it was cold when we were there. Mm-hmm. We had to wear hoodies and jeans all and sweatpants the entire week we were there. We expected hot, sunny. We never <laughs> got to touch any water, y'all. We was freezing over there. And I think after we kind of removed the expectation of what we thought it was going to be and embraced what it actually was, it was Like y'all, we had an amazing time, an amazing time. So what tips would you give to someone who has not solo traveled before? Mm -hmm. What tips would you give them and are, and they're considering doing some solo travel? First, I always open up a a picture of the map of the world, a globe, and it's on like Google maps. So I don't have a globe just sitting around. So go on Google maps and just look at where you want to be. If you want to be by a beach, look at every island, every coastal city, get clear about what you want. Um, Because I think we've got so many, and we talked about this earlier, so many expectations of what you do when you go somewhere, but they're also the places that you're told you have to see, right? You've got to go here. You've got, no, you don't. You can live your whole life never having seen a a part of the world and only gone to the places that you want to go to. So be really clear about what you want to see and what you want to do. And then what's your intention for yourself? particularly as a solo traveler. Do you want adventure? Do you want to meet up with other people? Um, I've gone, I've traveled to Paris more often than San Francisco and I'm in LA um, because it's my favorite city. I've gone by myself. I'll do a meetup group and it's always a different trip. And so be thoughtful of what it is that you want to get out of it. 
Then the other piece, and this is something new for me, travel the way you want to travel. If you want to stay in a high rise hotel versus an Airbnb, but that Airbnb is $200 cheaper, consult your budget, consult your priorities and do what you want to do because this time is for you. And it's not, and we talked about this earlier, it's not selfish. This is your money. These are your days. This is your life. And when we get to the end of a season, be it your life or just the season you're in, I have never regretted a place that I've visited. I've never regretted the extra $50 that I spent, to your point, on that meal that everybody said, you've got to go to that restaurant because it added to the the way in which I now see the world. I cannot tell you how much joy I have found even investigating vegan restaurants. Do you know how hard it is going to Paris looking for a vegan restaurant? No cheese, no dairy, no butter. It was hard, but I got to see parts of little Africa in Paris. I got to go to the Lebanese community. You will find life and wellsprings wherever you go. So make the trip one that's for you. And then the last being, and this is just practical, tell the embassy that you're going. So make sure that you register with the embassy. Make sure that you have your Apple tags. Make sure that your hotel knows who you are, where you're coming from. Um, In the safe of your hotel, put your passport, a copy of your passport, your driver's license. From a safety perspective, take your safety as seriously when you travel as you would at home and do what it is that you need to do to ensure that if something happens that's out of your control, because we live in a world that does have issues that erupt and we'll never know about um, or would not have the forewarning of, make sure that you do prioritize your safety. Um, I can say I'm really Pollyanna of like, get on a plane and just go. The reality is there are steps. um, And I say go to the embassy's travel advisory to find out what you need, because then once you get there, it does alleviate your mind to just be present. Okay, y'all, my mic, my mic was all on mute. What in the world? I was <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that, and I tell my clients when they book travel with me all the time, especially if they're considering an international trip to anywhere. Mm-hmm. You could be going Jamaica or even even Hawaii, to be honest, or Puerto Rico. Go to um, step.state.gov. That is yep. the the safe traveler program, because that alerts the U.S. embassy where you are traveling to. It lets them know, hey, this is one of our citizens. They're going to be here so that if anything breaks out, anything happens, if there's a, God forbid, a natural disaster, or let's say that there's some kind of political unrest that just pops off all of a sudden, they now have knowledge that, hey, we have citizens there and we need to locate them so that if there are any issues, you know, you do have, you know, something that you know is there and knows where you are. Because, you know, traveling solo, whether it's to Paris or whether it's a state over, it's very important to take your safety seriously because like people are crazy out here, y'all. Every time I turn around, people are disappearing and without a trace and, and all of these types of things. And so that is definitely necessary to take your safety as seriously as you do at home, especially even more so when you're traveling beyond the the, the confines or the quote unquote safety even of the United States to a certain extent. So yes, again, that's, that site is step, S-T-E-P dot 
state.gov. And I'll make sure that I put that in, you know, the, the notes so that you can go there and register there because that is one of the smartest things that you can do because there have been so many of us that have gotten into situations that don't even got nothing to do with us. And we get detained and now our family back in the States, family and friends are back here scrambling, trying to figure out where exactly you are, how to you know, find you, how to get to you, how to help you get home. Because like, let's be clear, y'all, I understand moving in silence and all that good stuff. But when you are traveling, especially internationally, anybody got time for that? I'm Somebody needs to know where you are. Like my family and I, we have a an app on our phone. It's called Life 360. And we are all in it. And we all have different devices. I am an Android. My family are Apple, Team Apple. I ain't never switching. So we can go on. Don't even have that conversation with me. But um <laughs> but we are, all say, are you sure you don't want to come over to the blue the blue text box? You know? No, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. I've been there. Oh, been there before, wouldn't I ain't like it, so I'm over here and I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, we're in this app called Life 360, and all of us are in there together. And I ain't getting paid for this, y'all, but this is just something that my family and I use. And we have the ability to literally see where mm-hmm. we are on a map. You can see when we're driving, we can see, we can even request the ETA. So how far are they from where I am? And it's very helpful because we have teenagers, a house full of teenagers, and they're often going and doing things and they're going places and they're not always with us. We're not always together. So even if you forget, and it does happen to say, hey, I'm going here, there, you, I am on that Life 360 real quick so that I can see where you are. So that if for some reason you're not on there, I know there's a problem. And so, you know, you might want to create a support system, some something like that. Not saying that you want somebody to know where you are um, 24-7, but I know that on my Android, I have something called an emergency SOS. It will be in your settings. I believe that Apple has the same thing mm-hmm. in your settings where if you hit certain buttons or if you click it, a certain number of times, it'll start to record your screen automatically and it will send and you'll have a list of folks that are on your SOS list that it will immediately send them an alert saying, hey, there's something wrong. And then the calls and the texts immediately start coming in. So check onto your phones and see, you know, if your phone has that as well. Those are just a few things that you can put into place to, you know, give yourself a little more peace of mind because I've never done several solo travel. I've like done road trips by myself and I ain't gonna lie it's kind of scary it is kind of scary you know doing it by yourself but and I'm going to be doing one coming up in this next weekend like this will have aired like by the time I do this I don't even know when this gonna come out but I'm gonna do some solo travel because I have um two fashion shows that I have to do and so I'm going to be flying solo and I'm going to be you know, in a hotel and in a, an unknown city, a city I've never been in before all by myself. And it just is what it is. I've got my safety protocols in place and it is what it is. Like, so, like, I think that everybody should travel solo. I do. And I think that you probably feel that same way, Ashley, based upon, you know, the things that you've experienced. Would you not agree that every woman, black woman should take at least one trip internationally solo absolutely absolutely um and moms take your daughters teach our young girls to see themselves as big as we can be mm-hmm. and sometimes and and i'm from a big city karina you've been in big cities you're from a big city your city can get small real quick 
your yeah. neighbor, your your city can feel like a block real quick. And it's so easy to get trapped in a mentality of this is life and this is the only way life can be lived. No, get on a plane, take yourself, take your burdens and drop it off and see what the world gives you in return. And so I think every single woman should take at least one solo trip nationally, internationally, but please make sure that you tell your daughter that she's worthy of the same thing so that we get into a framework where we can also be with ourselves. Cause that's part mm-hmm. of it too, right? Is yep. learning how to be with ourselves, be in the quiet, be in the unknown and enjoy who we are, even in the midst. Yes. Yes. That is so beautiful. And I love that you referenced the fact that you don't have to travel internationally if that's not what you want or where where you're comfortable at. Because earlier in the show, Ashley said, take the trips that you want. And one of the reasons I started my agency, Done 7 Luxury Travel, is because to normalize luxury wellness travel for us. Let's normalize that conversation because just because you're not in Milan or Dubai doesn't mean that it is not a luxury wellness experience. Mm -hmm. You can, there are some beautiful places in Tennessee, in Virginia, in North Carolina, in New York, South Carolina, Arizona, like Pennsylvania, we can keep going with all, all you have to do is do a little research or better yet, let your favorite travel agent do that research by you. Okay. (laughs) Tell me where you want to (laughs) go. Shameless plug there. (laughs) In your own words, what does adventure travel mean to you? Hmm. Letting go to let things unfold. Um, I'm not the bungee jump girl. Like my best friend has bungee jumped. Other friends have jumped out of plane. Like the way me and God be working, I just try to, (laughs) like, I'm just going to keep my feet on the ground, Lord. Um, But it's the adventure is letting go because you don't, to your point, I was traveling last week, flights canceled. You sit on the tarmac for four hours. You have no control of how this thing is going to work. Yep. including the things that aren't anything more than an inconvenience, right? Mm-hmm. But it's allowing the experience to unfold because you will find that there is something beautiful just in the mundane. And that's the adventure for me is learning to see beauty in everything. I don't know how it is that I avoid the beach in LA, but I'm quick to want to go somewhere with the beach. How, how does that work? It works because there's something there, something in some other place that I just want to experience. And I don't know what it's going to be. And so that for me is the adventure. I I applaud people who will do the typical adventurous stuff and I may get there. But the real adventure for a very type A Capricorn is to let the experience have me. Yeah. Yeah. I am a type A Libra. So that's probably the job because I ain't jumping out no planes. I'm not jumping off no bridge with no little windy rope on the end. I ain't doing none of that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. It's not. And, and the thing is, is that your adventure is not anyone else's. That's right. So it's important to curate your adventure. So if your adventure is 
hiking up up mountains and in the hills and even staying in a log cabin where you are cooking your food outside at night. Hey, so be it. So be it. If your adventure is going to an all-inclusive resort, and there are plenty here in the States, just so y'all know, and allowing yourself to just be pampered and cared for, allowing your meals to be prepared, and you spent that little extra money to get butler service, and someone's coming to your room to give you a massage because you don't necessarily want to leave your space and they come in and they massage and they give you a facial and you go and find the perfect eateries for you. Hey, it might be a burger. It could be vegan food, but the adventure is going to be in finding these eateries, finding these things that make your vacation, your vacation. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. They not pay. Are they paying for your trip? (laughs) And everybody who's cute on the gram, and again, I'm not an Instagram person, but the, the perfect post and the coordinated this, that, when you watch it happen in real life, no one's having fun because that's the 50th photo they tried of that. You getting one of 50. That was not the only photo they did of it. It is the curated life that we think everyone has because we see it every publicized everywhere. The same way you don't believe in that when you come home, don't believe in that when you think that they're abroad. You have no idea the quality of their trip versus yours just because they got the right lighting. Yes. People let you see what they want you to see. It must be a type A thing because Instagram ain't my jam neither. Like, it's too much. It's too much. Like, I don't have the time to be taken out from my vacation. I'm trying to enjoy my food. I'm trying to eat, okay? Obviously, I'm going to eat because I'm hungry. So I'm not trying to sit here and get the perfect lighting for the perfect picture of the food. Then we got to get the video of me eating the food. I don't got time for that. And let's be clear, I, though, I'm a country girl, okay? I was born in this tiny little town named Beckley in West Virginia, okay? So I have been outside of my world and I've experienced so much world and I eat with my fingers. I do not have the time to be trying to clean that up so that I can have the perfect Instagram video, the perfect reel. Like, I, no. No, okay. it must be a type of thing. I can't. I can't. It's too much. It's too much. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. Type A people, we we have enough pressure that we put on ourselves. Okay. We don't need to add that. And the crazy part is, is that I think we often forget that when it comes to everything we do, even our, our travels, we put the most pressure on ourselves. We create these invisible things that are supposed to happen and the way in which it's supposed to happen and these, this, this experience that nobody else really, because I'm going to be honest with you, people on social media really don't care. They're too busy talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. So they don't really care, to be honest with you. And so you're, you're, you're over here messing up your trip worrying about somebody who really don't care. I, I put on Facebook a couple of days ago. I said, y'all need to quit taking Facebook so seriously because most of the likes you got is from somebody that's sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Who might not really even like you. Exactly. So why are we worried about how our pictures look and our trips, taking our trips with other folks in mind? 
No. That's one of the reasons why I do digital detoxes. Like people never know when I'm actually taking trips because yeah. you don't ever get that trip footage in real time, ever. My trip footage will come week two, three, sometimes even a month or more after the actual trip has already occurred. I'm already sitting at home on my couch by the time I'm posting them pictures and videos. And y'all, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, understand. It's also a security thing. It's a security thing. I come from the world of cyber attacks, of cybersecurity. That's what I used to do. And I know that people use that information in order to hack your networks, in order to break into your homes, hack into your security cameras, because people are posting in real time and geotagging themselves as to where they are when they are there, giving easy access. Reason 232, why we don't post on the gram. (laughs) That's very real. Um, And I think the other piece of it is if you are on this trip and you are bringing home in the noise of my likes, my followers, even, and this is for everyone, but particularly those of us who work for ourselves, even my clients, bringing that to the vacation does not give you a new experience. You are just changing the background of your Zoom meeting. Correct. And and if you can give yourself the gift of this being for you, meaning unless you on my text chain with my my peeps, if you're not in my tribe chain of like, let me send you this, Mm -hmm. then I don't need to make this look perfect for you. I need this to make perfect for me because in IRL, which I had to learn, it means in real life. I kept saying that. (laughs) This is like familiar with URL. What does IRL mean? But in IRL, all of us are going through each day, hoping to just get through the day, have a miracle, have peace, joy, and love. If you have the benefit of being able to do that with a beautiful scenery, get quiet. So you really take that in and take it with you. Because yes. so often, and you mentioned this with San Francisco, we can miss the experience by not being in it. Yes. And I think that that happens so often. We're so plugged in and I do digital detoxes all the time because it's necessary for my mental space. I need to cleanse it because it can be such a busy, busy place. And when you're on vacation, there's no better time to unplug. I promise you the world not going to come to an end because you choose to not post on Instagram or Facebook for a week. I promise you, like, it's not the end of the world. I promise you it's not. Because again, people don't care that much. They really don't. The people who truly care are those people, as you pointed out, in that text string. Those are the people who got your phone number. Your real phone number, not the business line, not the business email, not the Instagram, but your actual phone number where they can reach you at any point in time. Those are the people who really matter. So unplugging for just a little bit to be in the moment and really catch your adventure. Breathe in your adventure is so key. And again, you're there to clear your minds. Yes. You're there to regulate your nervous system. Give your nervous system a break from the day to day. So you need to plug in and lean into that adventure. So what is the one thing 
the one thing that you absolutely cannot travel without. We're not talking about passports. We're not talking about IDs. Those are given. What's the one thing that you cannot travel without? I'm ashamed because after the digital detox, I, I initially was going to be like my phone charger. But I actually could live without my phone charger. Um, a couple things, and they're all equitable to me. My sleep mask. Because when I say mm-hmm. I'm asleep, I don't need a crevice of light if this is it. <laughs> now let this 10-hour chime change fool you. I'm not going to be at 36 hours to get back on your <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep, and I need my eye mask. Um, but I take with me, and I didn't even realize I had to, but I do. I take with me um, artifacts from my grandfather, my cousin's family members. So my grandfather gave me a rosary before he passed. Mm-hmm. And I take that with me everywhere I go, whenever I travel. And and it's something that I've just been doing so routinely. I didn't realize that it was something that I've actually never left home probably in 10 years without. And so I always like to bring a photo, a relic, a something of my people, because it does go back to what I said before about saying your whole name, mm-hmm. knowing that there are people who are divinely there to guide you. Um, and it's just so important for me to have that grounding too, of even when I go somewhere new, knowing whose I am, who I come from, where mm. I am. Mm, I love that. I love that. Listen, I love that sleep mask thing too, because when you said not <laughs> I don't want, I want darkness. I want like Iron Man underground <laughs> like blackout because I'm asleep. Yeah. Yes, because when you are going on all these adventure travels, listen, you got rest is paramount, y'all. Like we're talking about all this wonderful travel and having a wonderful time and having a great adventure. But remember, sleep is highly, highly important. We're going to do an episode about that later on because rest Mm -hmm. is paramount. It's paramount. You do not want to come back even more exhausted than you were when you left. Mm -hmm. Now, how can the audience reach out to you if anything you said resonated with them and they want to connect with you they have some you know educational questions or needs that they may have like how can they reach out to you absolutely so you can find me at north star academics a-c-a-d-e-m-i-c-s dot org um you can also email us at info at north star academics dot org we also have an Instagram page, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to tell myself, it's, <laughs> it ain't thriving, but it exists. Um, and it's North Star Academics, and you can find anything you need about us between those three channels. Um, and please reach out with any of your academic questions. We have national programs. Um, I've got students all over the country We love what we do, and we are here truly to support students of color, students and families of color, because everything we talked about around wellness and travel and wellness and personal identity are things that I really instill to my students. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming and giving such value, Ashley. Like, you left me with so much stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. So I know you're going to be a blessing to the audience because you left me with so many gems and i appreciate you so much for joining us here on the podcast thank you thank you for having me i wish everybody an amazing 2023 full of travel wellness health and joy absolutely thank you so much for joining us on another inspiring journey of the melanin wellness traveler podcast 
We hope this episode has filled your heart with wanderlust and your mind with valuable insights to enhance your overall well-being and travels. If you enjoyed this episode and want to explore more about wellness and travel, be sure to check out the show notes. Also, don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and share the love with your fellow travelers. Remember, each destination is an opportunity for personal growth, and each step you take is a chance to nourish your mind, body, and soul. So wherever your wanderlust takes you next, may you find peace, joy, and transformation along the way. I'll be back with more exciting destinations, expert interviews, and helpful tips on the next episode of the Melanin Wellness Traveler podcast. Until then, stay curious, stay adventurous, and keep traveling towards a healthier, happier you. This is Karina Dunn signing off. Safe travels.